tell y'all a little story. All right? So this morning, I got up, per my wife's instructions, and got my youngest ready for school today. And I went and I woke him up at about 6.30, and he popped right up. Because my wife has been telling them for a couple of days now, you're gonna start going to bed early, you gotta start getting ready, school is starting back. And so he went to bed early last night, he got up early this morning, got ready for school, made his breakfast, I made his lunch, made myself a cup of coffee, got in the car, drove down to the school. There was nobody at the school. Cause school don't start till tomorrow. Call my wife up, I'm like, what? What, what are you doing, lady? You, you're messing with the flow. Like, we all could have slept in this morning, you know? She's like, oh man, why does it always have to be on me? I was like, because you're the mom, that's why. You're in charge of the calendars and the schedules and you tell everybody what to do and where to be. It's, that's your role, that's on you. I'm just a chauffeur. You tell me what to do, I go yes there, and then I go do it, right? So we go home. The cool thing is that my nine-year-old, he's such a cool kid, he shrugged it off. He's like, okay, well, my lunch is already made, Dad. I said, true. I get to go home and watch the TV. I said, true. And I took him home. And I dropped him off, and then I went on my way because I had a busy day planned, which started with taking his butt to school, right? So it got me thinking, which things like that often do. And it reminds me of a parable that Jesus told, and, and you find it in Matthew 25, and it starts off at verse 1, and the, and the parable is called the parable of the ten virgins, okay? And in the parable of the 10 virgins, Jesus is telling this story and he said, there's a big wedding that's coming up, right? Now, now we have to go back and think about cultural times, right? And in the cultural time, the party didn't start until the groom showed up, right? And so when the groom showed up, then everybody would travel to where the groom is and it would often happen at night. So these 10 virgins had their lamps and they had oil to light those lamps, but they're waiting and they're waiting and they're waiting and they fell asleep. So now somebody knocks and he gets word and he says, hey, the bridegroom's there, let's go, it's time to go. Now they gotta travel through the night. There's no street lamps, it's just the lamps they have in their hand. And the parable says five of these women were wise. And five of the women were foolish. See, because the, the five wise women, they had some backup oil. You see what I'm saying? Right? The foolish women didn't have any oil. So now they're looking at the other women and they're like, hey, hook me up. Let me borrow some oil from my lamp, you know? I'm like, uh-uh. We got to make the journey same as you. You better go buy some oil real quick. But the party's about to start. And I'm headed that way. And off those five women went to get their oil. And the other five women that had the oil, they went to the party. And the problem is, the five women that had to go back to get the oil, by the time they got to the party, the doors were closed. No VIP, no open buffet, no open bar. The doors are closed. They have no access to the party. 
So how does one remind me of the other? Right? Now my wife, she may have misread the calendar. She may have looked at it wrong. She might have did whatever. But you know what she did? She made sure everybody in the house was prepared. She started this from as far back as Saturday night. Okay, no staying up late. Y'all gotta get to bed. You gotta get up in the morning and come Tuesday. All right, make sure your uniform's in place. Y'all know what we gotta do. Make sure you get up and you're ready. See, my boys and me as a chauffeur, we were all prepared. We just didn't, we just had the wrong day. You know what I'm saying? As a Christian, we may not think about it in this way, but there's no days off. We always have to be prepared. We always have to keep the lamp lit. What good is a lamp if you can't light it? What good is accepting the gift of Jesus Christ if you don't work to be closer to him? What good is having a Bible if you don't open it and read it? What good is it calling yourself a Christian, which means follower of Christ, if you're not following Christ? Now I get it, I can tell you, okay, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a pastor, I'm a counselor, I do a whole lot of other things. And some days I wish I could punch out from being a Christian. Punch out and punch somebody in the face, no, just playing. But it's hard. It's hard to be the person that I know God created me to be. Because there's a lot of influences and some of them can be appealing sometimes that make me wanna do different. But God gave me a lamp. And it's my job to keep that lamp lit. Not just so that I could find my way, but so that I could lead some others, hopefully, out of the darkness, into the light, and into the party. You know what I'm saying? Y'all hearing me in this? And so it's not just about being prepared because scripture also says we don't know the day or the hour, right? There's a story about a woman who went, her son for her 80th birthday wanted to take her to the opera, right? And he was so excited, he wanted to take his mom to the opera and he goes and he picks her up and she's in her robe. And she's sitting at her kitchen table with her Bible. He says, well, what are you doing? You, you've been wanting to go to the opera your whole life. You're sitting here, you're reading your Bible. She says, yeah, but I came across this scripture and it says we don't know the day or the hour and that Jesus can return at any time. And, and if he does, I would rather he find me in devotion to him rather than at an opera enjoying myself because that's futile. Now that's an extreme story, right? But the message is clear. Who are our idols? What, what are we pursuing? Are we, are we pursuing holiness? Are we 
pursuing righteousness, or we just kind of half in, half out, take a day off here, maybe a week, maybe a month, then I'll start that Bible and I'll dive back into it. Maybe I'll head to a church, you know, holidays and such. But all the other days, you know, I'm doing my own thing. This parable is a healthy reminder to say, one, we kind of take advantage of the grace of God. We kind of minimize the fact that a man died a horrible, brutal death so that our sins could be forgiven. We neglect that story so much that we get comfortable in our sin because we just believe, hey, you know, all is forgiven and all is well. And I don't have to justify myself. <sighs> Scripture also says we will be held accountable for the lives we lived. And so it's a new year. And you know, this is the time when everybody wants to make New Year's resolutions and make these promises to be better and to do different things and to try different things. And I'm gonna tell you, forget all that nonsense. Because the prayer I pray, every day I speak to you is the prayer I'm gonna pray again. And it's just a reminder that every day is an opportunity to be better than we were yesterday. Every day, not just for New Year's resolutions, not just for keeping some silly promises to ourselves, but to wake up tomorrow and mean it and say, you know what? It's time I be prepared. It's time I start working on keeping my lamp lit. Because not only do I need that light, but I know there's people around me that could use a little illuminating themselves. And so, if you're the praying kind, I'm gonna ask you to join me in this prayer. And if you're a believer, then I'm gonna ask you to believe that this is possible. It's not impossible. You know, God puts us in certain situations in our life. Sometimes it's because he wants to stretch us. Sometimes it's because he wants to break us. But all the time, it's because he wants us to just draw closer to him. So if you're broken today, I want you to believe that he can fix you. If you're far from him today, I want you to believe that he's just waiting for you to turn around. And he's not as far away as you might think he is. And if you're doing all right today, I want you to believe that you can be better tomorrow. And all of those promises are for each and every one of us. Let's pray. God, I just thank you so much. I thank you that, uh, that a new year does bring new things. It's not just another twirl around this orbit, this beautiful creation of yours, this universe. But it's also an opportunity, Lord. It's, it's, it's ingrained in our brains that the new year brings new things. And, and so it does. But Lord, my prayer for each and every one of us is that the new thing happen inside of us. 
Lord, that we might cling to your promises, that we might, we might do like David asks in Psalms 51, that we might lean on you to create in us a clean and a pure heart and to renew your spirit within us, that we might be invigorated and inspired and encouraged, Lord, to be the people you created us to be, regardless of our circumstances. Regardless of the things that are shackling us right now, Lord, we can be free in and through you. And so my prayer for each and every one of us is that we enjoy this meal that we have here tonight. I pray that everyone here has a safe place to rest their head. And I pray that tomorrow, for each and every one of us, the prayer on our lips will be that we will be better than we were today. And Lord, we ask you to help us to be just that. We thank you. We love you. It's in the precious name of Jesus we pray. And my brothers and sisters all said, amen, amen and amen. Y'all, thank you for your time. We're going to get this meal started. We're gonna get this podcast was recorded live and uncut at our homeless food share events. To learn more about Straight Street, visit our website at straightst.org.